It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is the first episode of the year of Frontline Friday with my very special and regular guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Maybe a little belated, but Happy New Year. That's right. A little belated, but still, the first our first episode of the new year. Yes, yes. And gosh, it's going to be such a good year. I can't, can't wait. What to are get you excited it. about this year? Oh, the same thing I'm excited about every year. I mean, it's just, I mean, life is, life is an adventure. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. It's, it, uh, I don't want to say it's, it's more so as, as you get older. It's just, but, you know, the fact that, that uh, we live, are fortunate enough to live in a, a society that we have, you know, the ability to be so creative, right? We have the freedom to be creative and, and you know, do our own thing. And it's encouraged and... Uh, you know, I think of the number of times I sort of have reinvented myself during my my career. You know, starting off as a <laughs> a history major, and have spent gosh, but you know, twenty five years selling extremely technical <laughs> technology products uh, to you know serving thousands of of sales professionals and sales managers and so on as as uh, as we do with this this podcast and other things I do, it's, it's incredible. So I'm always excited to see what's going to come, what's around the corner. Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I have goals. I know what I want to achieve, but yeah, you know, the, the means to achieve them and the, you know, the, the path is never as straightforward as you want it to be and, or not as you want it to be, as you plan it to be. And yeah, I'm someone that sort of, I sort of like the ambiguity. Well, we might as well embrace it because it's, there is no certainty, you know? So I think it's, that's a good um, strategy for happiness is to embrace it, embrace the ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I hearken back to this lecture I heard from this professor, Again, I know we've mentioned this, uh, <laughs> but it's worth repeating. Is this? Gosh, I was, this was years ago at a sales kickoff meeting with a company I just joined. I joined right the first of the year, and they went to an offsite meeting down in the Carmel area in California. And a professor named Barry Posner from or Posner from Santa Clara University talked about what he considered sort of the key. Uh, tool, if you will, for success in the world we live in, this time was before it was even as crazy as it is now, was what he called TOFA, T-O-F-A, which was Tolerance of Ambiguity. And that always stuck with me as, as uh, well, it just struck me as being, A, extremely rational when you look at the world around you, is, but, you know, really necessary if you're going to work in, certainly in certain industries where, at well, that time is. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty around the tech business, not like there is today, where now we have uncertainty even in big companies, right? Back when you and I got started work, big companies were considered the solid places to work, but now it seems like no place you work. 
uh, offers you that same stability that might have existed before. So you have to embrace this this ambiguity because you know it'll kill you if you don't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why I think it's a it's a good strategy for uh, happiness. It's to embrace it. I, I like that this TOFA tolerance of ambiguity. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, if I, I had, I don't remember, which is also likely. Yeah, um, tolerance of forgetfulness. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> a tolerance yeah. of no, forgetfulness. That was my joke. Okay. So a little slow this new year. Slow but there. Yeah, you're still suffering it. the effects of your New Year celebration. I know. That's right. Me, the big party girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure you still got out and did your run on New Year's New Year's morning, if you will. Yes. Of course. Of course, I'm a creature of habit. Creature of habit. Well, and discipline, habit and discipline, the two. Right, and that's, I think, is a good watchword for heading into this new year. Is, you know, we're, I think the temptation is to say, hey, when we've already sorry, had an episode about sales planning, mm-hmm. so we can sort of skip that because people are probably being inundated with requests for sales plans from their managers. But I think it's important at this time, as, you know, with the last episode we talked about looking back and reflecting on a, both a personal and professional level. But now I think looking forward is you also have to sort of look at a level beneath quota in your plan and beneath the activities and think about why, where do you want to be at the end of 2017? Where, where do you want to be? And I don't mean, yeah, I'm at 105% of quota or, you know, yeah, I made $200,000. But, you know, where do you want to be personally? Where do you want to be professionally? Because you can't look at these two in isolation. You know, as you're putting together your plan for the year, is you, know, you really have to look at this from a sort of holistic standpoint of of you know your work and your life together, your personal life together, because they're 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 melded and integrated in ways that we'd never even contemplated just even a few years ago. So have you have you done that sort of thought experiment? Have you have you done that for your own for your own self? How what you think about that you want for this year? Personally and professionally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'm completely finished yet. I yeah. mean, I would like to have, have had it, and <laughs> say it's, it's locked in concrete, but I'm never sure it, it completely is. But but yeah, I mean, I've, I, um, I've identified certain things that, you know, from, let's say, a, a habit standpoint, that in terms of productivity, I'm Jill Conrath just published a great new book about more sales, less time, which is really about personal productivity, I think, more than more than anything. That is a great read because it, it reinforces this idea that that you know, use the term discipline, I to me I'll call it habit. Um, that there are small habits, tiny habits, um, that can have such huge ramifications throughout everything you do that you know really start focusing on some of these that that um, yeah, I think can have an, an impact on my ability to achieve certain, you know, targets that I want to achieve, let's say. Um, so, yeah, sort of looking at that and then um, you have to sort of, I think, identify one or two. You don't want to identify 10 or 15 is, uh, you know, what are those one or two? So one of the things I'm working on is, is let's say, the whole idea of time blocking or mm. in, in my day. And uh, working more in sprints, and talked about with Jill when she was on the show recently. Is is you know sort of 
There's just tools that exist now to help you sort of work in sprints like a Pomodoro timer and so on that, yeah, I think are, are valuable. And so getting more in the habit of using them and sticking to it, it's, yeah, I'm seeing differences in terms of uh, how I'm getting things done and getting them done perhaps in different ways than I might have might have before. And I think it'll have a pretty significant impact as I continue to do that throughout the year in terms of what I'm able to accomplish. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, another thing too, I think that, that yeah, I'm working on it, again, I can't say that I'm, I'm finished, is, um, you know, sort of harkening back to when you do the plan, I think even when you're doing your business plan, your sales plan is, you know, people read Simon Sinek's book about defining your why. Mm. And I, I think that's something that yeah, people maybe do once, but they need to revisit. Or if they haven't done it, they need to read the book. And, you know, what, what is the driving passion behind what you're doing? And really understanding what that is. It can't just be making money. I mean, it could be something as, you know, gosh, I want to provide for my family so we can move to to a bigger house or send our kids to better schools or something. But, you know, what, what is that? What is that why? Yeah, I think it's, it is important to go deeper than the surface of what we're, what we may identify as a goal or, or like you said, making money, you know, making money for why, you know, back to cynics book, why, 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 why is that important? And I think as I sort of look forward and looking at the things that I want to accomplish for the year, Mm -hmm. I find that my goals also, they tend to be, I don't want to say more personal in nature, but they, and it's not even that they're less concrete, but they're not, um, they're not, I want to make a lot of money or they're not, I want to, uh, move up and get a CEO job or they're not, they're not, I, I, I guess I found, and maybe this, God, I hate to say this, this is, you know, we get back to that old age thing is that I find the things that are the most meaningful to me and the most impactful, um, are not those things. I'm still very ambitious. I still, you know, those, those things all hold true. So it doesn't change that at all. It's, it's maybe a bit more nuanced around why I might want uh, a different role. And for me, I love to be challenged. I don't mm-hmm. like to be bored. And so for me to be in an environment that's challenging for me where I'm learning and I'm a little bit on the edge, I find that I just enjoy the day-to-day a, a lot more. And so the reason for me to want to maybe advance or to be in a more challenging position is because I like it. I just enjoy it. I like the learning. I realize that for me, learning and um, I'm very curious. And so I need to, I need to satisfy that. And so I, I've, I, as I've looked deeper, it's also changed and shifted a bit, uh, kind of my priorities and how I think about them and my goals as I understand a little bit more of the motivation that's underneath them. Well, I think that, I don't think that's necessarily 
age related um where the where i think the the perception of the rewards change a little bit from perhaps being less more material to less material because uh, yeah i look at my own situation as i came up through my career and, and was setting my goals is i was very rarely purely money motivated i mean to me it was it was, it was about the challenge and part of that i think that maybe i always felt as someone with a non-technical background working in very technical industries that that uh you know that challenge was sort of inherent in that but they wanted to prove myself but um but that's really what what drove me and i found that you know by really focusing on the challenge that you know i've been more than amply rewarded throughout my career yeah that's so i it you and i are talking about this that we're not purely money motivated we like the challenge and it's interesting though in sales is you hear a lot about sales people are coin operated it's all about the money and i and I and I do know people who optimize, who really optimize on the money, and that at least that's what they say. They don't talk much about the challenge, and there are probably um, individuals and maybe even times in a person's career when they do optimize on money, but it's typically for another reason. I'm going to optimize on money because I'm making a lot of money because I am saving to buy a house mm-hmm. or I'm, I want to put some for retirement, whatever it is that they may. So it really is just serving. Uh, it's, it's serving another goal typically. Yeah. And the question really is, is when you think about, you know, what's your why, what are your goals, what are your passions is, you know, is that the most is being money motivated the most effective motivation to get you to the end point where you where you want to be, where you want to achieve those goals? I, that's an open ended question, but I mean it's 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 yeah. one worth thinking about. It's because you know we're again we're at the beginning of the year. People have been charged up now, but they've gone to national sales meetings or local sales meetings, and they're charged up by the management to you know, go out and and do what they need to do, which is fine. You need to be, but. Yeah, what's getting you up every morning? Well, and f- yeah, that's right. And that's that's a good thing to think about. I, I know for me, um, if I were to answer that question, I think, you know, thinking about it again, going forward and putting goals forward, it's, there's a couple of things. One is the challenge. Another for me is connection, mm-hmm. is being connected to people and a team and being part of this, being part of a, of a group, um, those are all really motivating to me. Achieving is really motivating to me. And I think one of the things um, is understanding where what motivates us. What are things that motivate, how do I, what makes me tick? And when I understand those, I'm able to better identify goals that are going to make me happy as opposed to ones that aren't going to do me, aren't going to serve me well in the long term. Well, I think that's always a, a difficult challenge, isn't it, is to be able to weed out you know, the essential from the inessential. Yeah, and, I think, it's, I think very, it's very hard. And so, I mean, in your world, sort of in your life, I mean, how do you how do you do that? Because I, I mean, it's a continuous struggle for me. I mean, I have to admit, on a 
somewhat daily basis is, and I, you know, thanks to books by guys like Kevin Cruz and and the others who have written about uh, you know focusing on the essential and focusing on the one thing, you know, it's like uh, you gotta you gotta keep reminding yourself. At least I find myself. What's important? What what do I not need to be doing? I mean, I've gotten gosh, I think about a year ago at this time before I'd started reading. Um, some books on this thing. Again, I recommend this book by Kevin Cruz about time management is uh, personal management is, is, you know, I had these huge to-do lists and yeah, you know, it was a frustrating thing to, you know, to not get through the to-do list. And yeah, he had just had, a, you know, f- repeated, you know, I have to focus on the one thing. What's the one thing, you know, that you're trying to get done and everything else is in service of that. And gosh, suddenly it, it's a whole different way of looking at things. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't done a to-do list in over a year. You haven't? No. I, do you, you have a task? Do you have a task list of things like to remember to do certain things? Uh, some, but it's mostly, yeah, if it needs to be done, it gets in your calendar. And yeah, I, have, I know what my, you know, strategic priorities are and have those listed, but you know, if the things that are in my calendar you know, aren't either for that or in support of this podcast is, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, just let things go and it's been fine. I think that's brilliant. Well, yeah. I don't know that I can do it, but I think that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, 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 that's an interesting way to, to think about it in, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, this book that I had read, um, ego is the enemy. Mm-hmm. One of the things this writer talked about when he journals every day, one of the things he keeps track of is how much time he spends in, um, what do you call it? Deep work or deep thinking and how we spend way too much time doing and not, not enough time in like, deep work, mm-hmm. deep, whatever. And, and so it's in, He's a, this particular um, author, Ryan Holiday, I mean, he's an author now, but he was also running or an executive at American Apparel. And so he's, uh, he's also a business guy, but I think it's, it's still that notion of what are, what are the most important things to, to get done. And I, I know for me too, is I think about the beginning of the day, okay, what are the two or three things that I need to do today? Everything else is going to be in service. There's a lot of other stuff that I'm going to end up doing tasks. Mm-hmm. But what are the most important things? What do I need to really focus on? What are those few things? And that's really helped at, at this company where I'm, I'm working now, Logs.io. We had an executive offsite. And I love that our executive offsite was at the Sea of Galilee. Okay? <laughs> Just, I love that. Yeah. Everyday events, yeah. yes. It just, right, for them it's an everyday event. It's like driving to uh, Napa if you're in California. And one of the things that we did when I was at Yesware on the executive team is each of the executives had one number, one priority, one thing they were focused on that we reported on every week. And, you know, for the VP of sales, that's easy. Like my one number, I don't have to think hard about that. I know what my, my one number is for some of the other departments. It was more challenging, but the, 
and we did that up at um, at this offsite. Is all of us talking about what is the one thing that we are going to be in service to? What is this one um, goal? This one priority? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's. It, I, I think it's a really worthwhile, definitely worthwhile to do from a business perspective. And I also think personally, as you're thinking about what are really your priorities and what are the things that you can afford to let go of. Yeah, and it, it really focuses you on a goal. I mean, I remember reading in uh, Chris Brogan's book, The Impact Equation, which is a, a great book people should read. And... Um, Andy, nobody will listen to us anymore because <laughs> we talk about all these. All these they people don't have, have time, time to read. No, they don't have time. They, well, they're not going to have time to read. They're going to say, "Well, I don't have time to listen to the podcast because I've got eighteen books that Andy books read, have recommended right. in the last three weeks." Yeah, and we're not done. We've got an episode coming up on books uh, in the next I couple love weeks. Is but I remember he he recite reads this or recounts the story of asking Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, you know, what his long-term goal is, you know, the, the, everything plays into the goal. And, you know, I just love the answer. Vanacek said it was buy the New York Jets. <laughs> so, you know, everything he's doing is in service of being able to buy the New York Jets football That's team. hilarious. Uh, but the way he just, you know, instantly rolled that. Yeah, that just seemed new. Just, yeah, buy the, that's yeah. great. I, I love thought, that. I so, I've, yeah, that. I've been thinking about that. It's like, okay, what's, what's my New York Jets? Right. I mean, what's what's the thing? Uh, you know, it's not buying a professional football franchise, but uh, yeah, I don't think I've quite. I mean, I'm working on. It. I've been working on it very diligently, but it's it's like you just have to. I think to to reach that goal, it's, act, it's actually like or to reach defining the goal. I feel like I'm actually doing what I did before is throwing things out, right? Clearing the path because it's it's. I think I know what it is at one level. I just haven't really. Um, Defined it that concisely. You know, I think I, I think about this one quite a bit, and I think I, I know what mine is. I wasn't even going to say I think I, I know what mine is. I know what my one. I know. I know what that. What my north star is. Can you share? And it? my north star. Yeah, my north star is. It, it, it enjoying enjoying the day, enjoying the moment, enjoying the day to day, enjoying the challenge. And again, having this different relationship, particularly around, around work. And we, we talked about this last time, the stress that is naturally accompanies a lot of jobs, certainly the VP of sales job. And I thought about this very deliberately when I was looking for my next opportunity. What and it's probably not so much about the opportunity as about what goes on inside of me internally, mm-hmm. but to have everything in service of God, life is going to throw a lot of things at me, good things, bad things, surprises. Um, how do I move through life with a measure of equanimity and contentment and joy. That's, that's how I want to live my life. So mine is very qualitative in just how I want to experience life. Mm-hmm. It's too short. It's mm-hmm. too short. So that's kind of my North Star. And I think about the, the decisions I make. 
also have to do with that. A lot for me in, in this company that I've mentioned, blogs.io, their headquarters is in Tel Aviv. And what that for me also, I'm very curious. I love to learn. I like to be challenged. Let me tell you something. Working for an Israeli company in Tel Aviv, 10 hours ahead, 14 and a half hour flight, there's a lot, the Hebrew, they all speak Hebrew there. I don't speak Hebrew, just by the by. Um, there's a lot about that that is exciting. It's learning, it's different, and mm-hmm. it's really enriching. So that was part of my, that was one part of my criteria. And what well, I think as we relate this back to people listening is, is, yeah, it's really important to identify what this, use the term the North Star so people mm-hmm. say, you know, the one thing, the goal. It's important to know what that is. I mean, I and I, even though I was saying I'm still sort of working on I mean, it, at one level, I really know. I mean, it's it's for me more than anything. It's been the on both sort of a you know personal, physical, and professional level. And again, mine's a little more has morphed as I've gotten older and has progressed through my own life and and so on. Is yeah, I want to. You know, you and I are both very physically active, uh, running, biking, swimming, so on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very active with what we're doing professionally as well. And, you know, I want to, and we're both healthy, but I want to be, you know, as active in 20 years as I am today. Have you, okay, so... So again, that's a great North Star. And when you say active, and because I know you, um, as you said, it's physically active. It's also mentally active, emotion, like in yeah, I mean, all I, of the facets to to be able to be active and engaged. Right. I mean, I am like to think to some degree. So you know, at the top of my game professionally, uh, you know, published books. I've got. Books I still want to publish, you know, published well-received books. Yeah, I want, I've got, I've got, I've got three or four next books already outlined, right? So, you know, for me, it's it's all about being able to maintain that that level of, uh, I said, physicality and and mental acuity, and staying on top of, you know, the physical, the the health, the personal, as well as the professional for an indefinite period of time. You know, if I could be doing this, uh, like I said, for 20 plus years, that'd be great. Did you see, I mean, speaking of um, just physicality as you get older, did you read, I think it was in the New York Times in the last couple of days, this 100 and something, 110-year-old, was it 110? I think 113 he claimed to be. Okay, 113, which they said is actually they don't believe him. But you know what? Give or take, let's say give or take 10, you're good. Well, they did. Let's say he's lying by 13. Yeah, they're saying even he's in his 90s, the fact he was running um, was great. But yeah, this is a gentleman that went to the World Senior Championships to compete in the 100, 200, and 400 meter races, claiming Uh he's 113, which no one believed. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that one is definitely hard to believe. But even but what if he's ninety, yeah. Even if he's ninety, so there's hope for you, Andy. I think this is a good north star. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I'd like to be able to. Star. I'd like to be able to run more than 400 meters when I'm 90 years old, but we'll see. The way my uh, hips feel today, probably be a new set of hips, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Technology will help us. It Technology won't really be will us help us quite running. a bit. It won't be us that's running. We'll have all these electronic parts. Well, another thing, yeah, I was we having this conversation with some uh, friends over the weekend. Was uh, we were, My wife and I were in Seattle. We were, she was at a conference and had met, actually, uh, one of her nieces for dinner up there who <coughs> works for Zulily. And, um, but we were talking about future, and I said, yeah, gosh, I, one of the things I'm looking forward to is with these you know, autonomous cars is that somebody that rides bikes out on the streets with all these distracted drivers just think how great it will be <laughs> hopefully with these autonomously driven cars that you know this is going to extend my bicycle career uh, hopefully the sooner they get those cars out on the road the less nervous i'll be on what i'm writing about uh, somebody looking at their phone and plowing into the back of me yeah, I mean, it's I, I used to bike quite a bit, and th- that is also one of the things that was a deterrent for me is, yeah, people get distracted. They don't see you. It's, yeah, we're getting there. I think even if it's not just the autonomous cars, cars that have the sensors in them already that, you know, can know things that are around them, I think that's, I think there's hope. It, basically, what I'm saying is, I think that you're you're in good shape. Okay. You've, you've got a really good chance of being able to achieve that goal. Well, that's my North Star. Yeah, I don't, I don't look at things and, you know, somebody asked me once about, you know, we talked about, well, we talked about retirement planning. Yeah, I just think for so many people, and especially younger generations uh, in the workforce, is, you know, given the way we've, we've seamlessly sort of integrated our work and our, our personal lives, is it stands the reason, especially as people will inevitably start living longer as we already have, you know, extended the, the lifespan here in the United States over the last century. It's been a huge, huge jump in life expectancy. It stands to reason that, you know, as people are fitter and live longer as they're not going to leave the workforce. A, they can't afford right. to because they're living longer. They're going to need to work, but also they don't want to. Right. So right. now I think what has to change is, you know, if you're 20 years away from retirement, What's traditionally considered retirement, you really need to be thinking about well, what do you want to do the next 40 years? And and you can change. You don't have to do the same thing. I mean, I think that's the other good thing is Should, you may yeah, choose for to do. Let's not talk about that <laughs> right now. I think that's probably better, a good topic for us to skip. I was just joking. Um, yeah. But it does, yeah. You can be, I know. You can be 70 years old and come up with a brand new life's ambition. With very little qualification. Okay, but uh, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk, let's not talk about it. Um, well, that's right. And I, and I think that's, that's also a really exciting thing is to think that you can have a whole new career. You can do something for 30 years and then have a whole new career. I don't intend to stop working anytime soon. There's so much richness in it. And, you know, in fact, when I was in Tel Aviv this last time, God, I was walking back from the office, and it was probably 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And we, we tend to work later there because we're offset from U.S. hours. And I was walking back thinking, ah, oh, I am so fortunate. I am so lucky that I have to work is a, is a funny thing, but that I'm working 
and that I'm motivated to work and that I didn't have some great windfall where like I, I don't have any reason to work and I'm like at a golf course or something as nice as that may sound to some. I just felt like I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity and that this, my life has guided me here and that I'm in a place where I'm working. How lucky I am to be working. And I think, again, when we think about setting out goals for the new year, um, a reminder that it's also really a privilege to, it's a privilege to be able to work and be in roles where we're needed and where the job we do is important and where we're offering value to a company and to prospects and customers. I just think that's a real privilege that I'm, I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, that I mean, it's, I saw something recently on a documentary or something about um, work, you know, and the value of work. And, you know, the, because as you said, we're fortunate, we're a very creative, variable profession where we get exposed to lots of things, help lots of companies. But, but by the same token, you know, not everybody has the same, same career path. But this documentary is saying is that, you know, there's whole segments of population. I was sort of talking about manufacturing in the United States is, you know, how rewarding people felt the manufacturing jobs were. Um, mm, interesting. They, you know, somebody that felt they were building something that, you know, people could use to build something else, you know, and that was just an incredible sense of satisfaction to them. And I think that, you know, we just all need to sort of part of their why, right? Because we just, back to the beginning, we just sort of need to find out and determine what that is because, you know, there's value in everything that, that we do. It's just understand what, what that motivation is. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Do you have any, when you think about, you know, we've talked about the North Star, but mm. any recommendations that you have for individuals, teams, uh, either personal or professional, as they're looking forward? You know, we talked last time about this reflective, you know, looking backward, but looking forward um, goals or plans. Like, how, how, how would you recommend people think about that? I, I do this, you know, the why and the goal, you know, understand what that is for you first. And I think for good sales managers, they want to know what that is for the people that work for them. They really want to, you really need to understand what's driving and motivating your, your people on an individual basis. And so, you know, both the individual needs to understand what that is and the manager needs to take the time to ask the questions develop a relationship with the person to understand what that is, what motivates them. And then they can work together to achieve it. And I think that's what's really important for, for teams here at the beginning of the year. If you haven't done it in the past, invest the time as a manager to sit with your people, understand what this is. And, you know, individuals, if, if you're just showing up for work day after day and you're just showing up, then, you know, it may not be the right place for you. Because you really need to understand why you're there. What's getting you out of bed in the morning to come to this job? What do you mm. hope to achieve you know, above and beyond? You know, what's your New York Jets, if you will? I love that. What's your New York Jets? That's a good one. And if you can do that at the beginning of the year, then that's, I think that's a great way to start. And then go crush it. 
And then go crush it. What's your New York Jets? Yeah. All right. That's going to be my, my line. What's your New York Jets? Well, that's how we thank Chris Brogan and Gary Vanacek for that. So, um, well, good. Well, Bridget, it's been a great way to kick off the year. And uh, we're going to do this again. Probably roughly 52 times. Over That's the next right. Year. All right. All right. Well, one down. One, one down. down. 51, 51 to go. 51 more. 51 to go. And as always, we appreciate you all taking the time to listen to us. Uh, do continue to send us uh, questions as you get them. You can send them to Andy at zerotimeselling.com and we will take some and answer them. And uh, until next week, then, Bridget, right. we'll talk to you then. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.